This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. Unaware that all the wild love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Is it? Or am I named? Is it God? <laughs> is it Jesus? Is it an angel? Or is it Michael? Some may, some may say it's the devil. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. How are you, my friend? I am good. How are you, whoever, whoever you are? Sorry to give you such a... Such a hard time right here at the very start of the show. Jeez, I'm doing well. Grateful. Uh, springtime has sprung. I'm sure we'll have a couple more days here and there. Goodness, I think we've already had one day that hit 70 or 71. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it won't be long until uh, we'll be looking for the air conditioners, right? <laughs> How are you doing? Well, we got snow coming tomorrow, uh, supposedly. So I'm not doing as good as you. <laughs> yeah. If we base everything on the weather, that's true. Yeah, yeah that would be true. But no, <laughs> reality, things are good. Been busy. Uh, had my niece. You sure have. Yeah. I don't even get to talk to you anymore. I know. Goodness, I, I just been go, go, go. Had my niece visiting all the way from New Zealand. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So we went skiing here about a week ago. Uh, that was fun. I didn't break a leg or anything. So, yeah, uh, aren't you supposed to? Yeah, I, th I thought you're <laughs> supposed to or run into a tree. <laughs> but I stayed vertical all Very day good. long. So that's uh, wow. That well, fun. that would not be the case if I went. But the but the the greater case is that I would not go. That's the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a balmy twenty five degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, I think next weekend they're doing the bikini race. The girls come out in their bikinis and run down. Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, no, I would I would be impressed if it was like in January, then yeah. I'd be doing something. But it does that from I, I know what it's like to, you know, be on snowpack, even though I've not been on skis and with the sun out and the winds are calm. Mm -hmm. And uh it's it's not that bad, especially everything's trying to get to springtime right now. Well, we have, uh, boy, we have been uh, doing the angels, and the angels have been doing us. Goodness, we've been trying to find out all we can about all of these subjects. And uh, let me remind our uh, listeners right now, the subjects that we're going into are subjects that need to be understood before we get to the revelation. Mm. And uh, that is the entire motivation for this. As we have gone through there, we find uh, predominant subjects that we realize that we need to understand this uh, clearly before we get to this, if there's a clear, or else we're just going to chuck the book of Revelation again. <laughs> you know? See, I'm back to calling it the book of Revelation. Um, <laughs> Uh, because if we chuck it, then that's what I'm going to start calling it. I ain't even <laughs> going to call it the revelation. 
but uh, we have uh, found through some preliminary research that there is uh, quite possibly uh, some real merit there. Uh, I, I, like everybody else, has been able to see certain things. You know, you find a verse here and a verse there that's just so remarkably the gospel. Mm. And then all of a sudden there's 10 dragons with four heads and, you know, uh, uh, crowns coming out of their nose, (laughs) whatever it is. That's as reasonable as some of the stuff that's written in there. So, uh, but uh, that's why we are going through these subjects. That's the reason we went through the term heaven and heavenly. And, um, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that has really stuck with me is coming to grips with the term heavenly is talking about here on earth. Yeah. And uh, that was powerful to settle that, that uh, if something is in the heavenlies, it's here. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's in heaven, it's in heaven. But if it's heavenly then by definition and uh, uh, every way that we researched it and looked at virtually uh, every verse, I suppose, that uh, where that was to be found. And we found that heavenly is definitely here. We had always assumed kind of that that's what that was, but it was pretty interesting to do the research and find out that really is true. Um, you know, research is a, uh, uh, just a f- favorite topic of mine. Uh, you know, I occasionally give people <laughs> updates on my research on on my ancestry, and uh, there's one that just came up that I just have to tell everybody about. Uh, very interesting because of its uh, Y chromosome connection. And uh, for those of you that uh, uh, don't know the Y chromosome for the male is a chromosome that connects you to your father and your father to his father and his father, never to the mother. It's always the father to the father to the father. And it is the same chromosome all the way through back as far as they can find a DNA sample. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 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 Daniel's Y chromosome is not mine and mine is not his. And this is a, not just a, uh, connects you to your parents and your grandparents. This connects you all the way back as far as the male lineage goes. Mm. The problem is you can actually, you can have documents that say people are your grandfather on your father's side, but you don't get to the DNA unless you're going out digging, you know, great, great grandpa up. You're mm. not going to have the why. And then there's the cases which are very rare that I just recently had the real uh, incredible experience of going into one of my research sites. And they had just released a report about a uh, excavation that took place in northern England uh, last year or the year before and uh, gotten the results in, and they had found a Viking burial ground. Mm. 
uh, off the northern coast of England. And uh, they notified me that they found my grandpa. So <laughs> <laughs> I, it was really quite remarkable. My, the same Y chromosome that I have that my dad has, that his dad had, they found that Y chromosome in a grave in an archaeological dig. And the, the burial site was from between 800 and 900. Wow. So nah, 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 that's how far <laughs> I've gone back in my research. Don't know who he was. I do know he was a Viking. So, you know, if I'm coming at you swinging a club or something, <laughs> you just, but I'm not going to be out there on a boat forging through the sea. So I think that part of my DNA got washed out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but this for me is the same thing. We, that's why we do this research is that, we are convinced that the Hebrew scriptures are like Y-DNA. Mm. And you can pick it up as far back as it goes, and you can, and you can project it uh, to, uh, to present day. And uh, we can follow that. Uh, it, is, it is so profoundly connected uh, that, I, you know, uh, to me, for our friends, whether it's in the Christian community or the mystic community, whoever dismisses the scriptures, it's like dismissing. To, for me, it's like them saying, well, it doesn't make any difference what the DNA says. I am the descendant of Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make any difference what the DNA says. Right. Uh, when the DNA actually would prove otherwise. And it just doesn't make any difference because I don't accept the Hebrew scriptures. Mm -hmm. So when we come to conclusions about what happened at the cross, you have to have the DNA of the Hebrew scriptures to determine what the blood of the new covenant produced. Yeah. And now that, that scenario and comparison fits perfectly in my brain. I don't know if it does in anybody else's or not, but uh, uh, it, it, it is amazing. Uh, like DNA, we have found that consistency, mm -hmm. Daniel, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, it really has been amazing. So what we are doing is taking a run-up to seeing if we can find that same DNA in the Revelation. Mm-hmm. That is there in the scriptures uh, about the cross. And uh, Paul and Apollos gave us very clear understanding of the lineage, you know, and that's uh, DNA means something in the gospel. I mean, look how these start. I mean, we have a complete genealogical report from Adam, you know, to uh, uh, uh from Adam to David, from whoever to whoever, and 14 generations from this one to this one. And uh, who was it? David to Christ, whichever the last one was. I don't know. I'm not an expert on these. But uh, it's obvious that a bloodline was very important. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised that the scriptures, the story that goes with the DNA of the blood matches the story. Just like the Tuesday uh, uh, Bible study that I did, uh, that we not only received the brand new creation, we got a whole new physics to go with that new creation. Mm -hmm. 
and you can't have a new creation and then apply the old physics to it. And uh, no wonder there's so much confusion out there about so many things. Uh, and all we're doing is, number one, we are accepting that the Hebrew scriptures are what Jesus said they are, uh, that they are about him. Uh, he is the seed, and we intend to follow that seed and track that because that is how you find your identity. Mm -hmm. It's not by looking in a mirror. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not by finding a nice verse in uh, uh, Timothy. Uh, it's not by any of these means. It is by understanding the big picture of this incredible story called the gospel. And as I've stated over these many decades, that the gospel uh, is nothing but a story, but it is nothing less than the power of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, that story is the, is the DNA story, if you will, that brings us to this powerful conclusion that something happened. And where we are now is not only is it that God and man have become one, but everything that was in heaven uh, has become one. That's what we're checking to see if this pans out. So far, how would you say we're doing? I say it's panned out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're already convinced. I'm a panmillennialist. How about that? We'll yeah. have to come up with something. Somebody will. It's all going to pan out. <laughs> it, it, it all has panned all out. All has yeah. panned out, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love, as you were saying, the story and all of that is the fractal nature of the gospel. Mm. And no matter how we look at it, you know, if we're looking at heaven, if we're looking at eternal life, if we're looking at angels, if we're looking at um, uh, glory to glory, if we're looking at um, the different bodies, no matter how we look at it. If you look at sin, if you look at righteousness, mm. it's all one picture, just a different fractal. Yeah, it's all got the same DNA. And it's it's beautiful. the same DNA. Beautiful yeah. story. So uh, we, we, we feel that we are on very firm ground by doing this uh, uh, form of research with the guidance that we have applied to it. Uh, and in fact, I don't even like to say that we've applied to it. We're actually applying the guidance that Jesus supplied to it. Mm -hmm. uh, he not only gave us the Holy Ghost, the great teacher, he told us where we should be searching and looking as we are open to the great teacher. Yeah. Uh, and he told us to look in the scriptures. So I just don't have a reason to doubt that. Uh, uh, many uh, doubt the uh, uh, any evolution of God whatsoever, but uh, Daniel, I just I don't have a problem with God becoming the worst human that ever was. Mm. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I I see the logic of uh, of him purposing that uh, to be a part of his own nature. Uh, and to express that uh, with the Hebrew people. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, the, these really are true. Now, some of the stories that are attributed to him are not true. Uh, 
they, they just aren't. But the, but we're not making excuses for the fact that God was uh, expressed anger, wrath, uh, vengeance, jealousy, uh, genocide. Uh, all of these things were definitely a part of that. And it wasn't people's perception because the, the problem with that, with saying that was just people's perception of God, then when you read through that, you know, and, uh, and uh, uh, God uh, will send the Messiah. I mean, is that just man's perception? Mm. Because they are in the same verses, ironically, right. the same chapters mm. we read about the anger or the jealousy or the wrath of God. And then in the same chapter by the same writer, uh, sometimes the very next verse we see that, but a Messiah is coming, mm-hmm. a redeemer's coming. Uh, so uh, our persuasion is that drastic change took place over 2000 years ago. Drastic change. Uh, one that I don't think has been fully comprehended or it that we've even been able to admit to, because I think we've been looking for the wrong validation for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for a Garden of Eden situation to come back, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess everybody wants to run around naked or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but now I used to want to run around naked. I'm 70 now. I ain't doing, it. <laughs> um, just not going there. Uh, uh-uh. so, uh, this, uh, uh, this, but this powerful, uh, story that, uh, brings to us to such a conclusion that it has, it, it's, it's not. What the story concludes that changes everything in the activities of man by the power of the cross is the story that has the power to change everything mm. because of what happened at the cross. It's there. Yeah. But if we leave the story, if mm. the story is the power of God, as uh, and the only thing I can see the gospel is, is that it's a story. And if we leave that story, then we have indeed left the power of God. And we've seen for the last 2,000 years, for the most part, what it is to leave the power of God out of humanity. We only see sparks of it here and there, of the divine, if you will, in man. And um, I think uh, many of the religions see the divine. That's the way they call it. You know, well, the divine, just like with Tesla, many would say, well, the divine manifested itself in him the divine did this and the divine did that uh and and we would agree with that mm-hmm. but uh but the story it's it's not a mystical thing the story encompasses things like that happening and we think that they would be happening far more and in greater detail if we ever get this freaking story straight so. yeah <laughs> You know, and Michael, we got a letter this week from um, Judy Hamilton that really fits into this because she's got a question um, that would feed into what you were just talking about. Um, And this is in response to last week's podcast. Uh, She said, hello, Michael and Daniel. I so enjoyed your podcast. I attended uh, Mike's first appearance in Calgary many years ago Mm. after listening to some tapes that someone gave me earlier. 
Those tapes got me out of religion, and I have learned so much from you since. There was a period of time when I sort of lost track of you, but in the past year I've been listening again. My question today is, if Satan and his angels were done away with at the cross, how come they still seem to be here? Where does all the evil in the world come from? Where do you put psychopaths who have no empathy for anyone else? Where do you put globalists who want to kill 95% of the population of the earth? Where do you put pedophiles? Where do Satan worshipers come from, etc., etc., etc.? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and how can people still be demon-possessed? Your comments would be much appreciated. All the best to you both, and keep doing what you're doing. Love it. Judy. Wow, Judy, that's loaded. Uh, we ask for questions, not goodness gracious that you don't get to ask 15 in one, one letter, uh, you can ask as many as you want. We do see what you're saying here. And, and, uh, I think Daniel line, everyone would understand why the, the question is there. Mm. Um, uh, let's start at the tail end of it. And that is the demon possession. Uh, don't forget, I was uh, known by many around the world as America's foremost authority on demonology. Mm-hmm. I actually, people advertised me as that when I would go to a meeting. And uh, now, whether it's true or not, that's for you know others to uh, figure out. But uh, I, I think I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I think a foremost authority on demonology would know that the devil had been defeated. Mm. Uh, I, and I think that by starting at the end of this is good because uh, I can tell you, uh, Judy, I'm absolutely convinced that all of those, and obviously including my own deliverance, was manifestations of desperation in people to try to understand their own behavior. And if you get the chance to blame it on a demon, you know, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's cast it out and then I'll do my best to act the rest of it out. That's what I did, of course, is do my best to act it out. And uh, which over the long haul caused a lot of uh, pain and suffering uh, for a lot of people. Um. Now, uh, uh, there again, see, I think that the assumption that, uh, that man himself cannot be evil without the devil mm. is a misnomer. Mm. Uh, the very same as we thought uh, when God said, for in the day you eat thereof, you shall die, that that was uh, that man would have, if it hadn't have been for the partaking of the knowledge of good and evil, that man would have never physically died. That's completely an assumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you do the, if you do the math on it, if nothing ever died, we would all wish we were dead by now <laughs> because. We not only would be living on top of each other, but on top of bunny rabbits and <laughs> and kangaroos and uh, you know uh, if uh, uh, goodness uh, vegetation uh, because they do all of the teachers who teach that death 
took place at that moment, and that's when the life and death cycle started. Uh, they would they would say that even a flower would never die. Uh, so now, if that is true, and uh, if Jesus was successful at the cross, we know then if the termination of death, as far as physical death is concerned, was the goal of redemption that Jesus failed, obviously, there. Mm. So what we're looking at is big subjects, but with huge consequences if we uh, look at them and presume that they mean this or they mean that. Uh, the fact of it is uh, man's uh, death did take place that very day, uh, and that uh, the resurrection from that death took place when Jesus rose from the dead, and our resurrection took place. Uh, everybody's, well, we are part of that uh, uh, ever since the cross. We don't need to be re- uh, raised from the dead. Yeah. We have to remind ourselves of that mm. because we've got been so saturated with uh, some of these futuristic things, uh, and it's a joy to remind ourselves. Oh my God, I will never be raised from the dead. <laughs> Think about that, yeah, Daniel. That's amazing. I, uh, it, it's like now, uh, if all of Christendom had just heard that—mystics, uh, Catholics, Protestants, all of them heard me say that we will never be raised from the dead. Oh, my God. Well, then, you know, why do this? Why that? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I can can hear all of it now. (laughs) But you see, we were born into life. Mm -hmm. We were born into eternal life. Uh, Everybody that is born after the cross is born into eternal life. Uh, That does not mean that man's ability to do really bad things ended at mm. the cross. Uh, however, we are persuaded based on the short and brief amount of time that we've had to experience uh, the impact of the gospel, even as you have, Judy, that that itself, in and of itself, is going to bring a great deal of change. Will it change all of it? I don't know. We're looking into the future now, and I don't know. But let me assure you that a demon does not have to be present for a human to be evil. Mm -hmm. An angel doesn't have to be present for a human to be good. Uh, We have the capacity for both. Uh, But there is this thing called the gospel that we have staked our uh, our uh, reputation, our our lives, uh, our um, uh, ability to make income, everything else on, and that is that the gospel is what this world needs to see an impact on these type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that mean it will end mental illness? I. You know, I've seen a lot of people with mental illness have that mental illness at least moderated a great deal by the gospel. Uh, some of them have uh, uh, have uh, seemed to come to the end of those, and uh, uh, especially at least the extremes of them. 
I, I myself being uh, one of them, uh, where depression and things like that are concerned. And we're not even here trying to tell you that if you believe the gospel just right, that it's going to get rid of depression. Uh, is it going to help? I'll guarantee you it's going to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can't go around telling people what the gospel is or is not going to do in the life of any human being. We know what it has the power to do. And that uh, I, I, I really do uh, embrace. Uh, a lot of the things that we have to stop and look at is why are people doing these things? There's a lot of injustice in this world. Mm. Uh, there are injustices that drive people to the brink. There are people that are so unjust that they drive other people to the brink. Um, uh, and, and the thing that we think is supposed to be good and helpful turns out to be the thing that is the source of uh, so much of uh, what's wrong. And people are living in oppression around the world. Uh, government is supposed to be there uh, to help facilitate living instead of uh, helping oppose people uh, people's ability to live. Uh, so there's just uh, there's so many things and uh, but again, I think that it is a um, uh, it is a uh, wrong conclusion to think that it takes the devil for people to be evil. Mm. Doesn't take a devil. It just takes kid that may have been beaten when they were kids, neglected. Uh, you just don't know the stories. You just don't know. And, of course, now we have Hollywood to deal with, <laughs> uh, with all of their creatures that they have created. and. Uh, you know, we we're, we halfway live in a Marvel comic book world now of, you know, there's either pre-created evil or pre-created good, you know. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, all of the superheroes and then all of their uh, nemesis. And that's just the way it is. And it's like trying to answer, you know, uh, uh, answer a myth. Because it is a myth that people are evil because of the devil. Mm. Yeah. And I think some of that understanding that people, because I used to think that way, Michael, you know, behind every evil action is some sort of spirit. Yeah. And um, that was one of the things I think we dealt with. If it wasn't the last conference, the conference before is this spiritual world running simultaneous with the, Mm -hmm. you know, natural world. Um, but understanding that those two worlds have become one, um, and this, um, I, I don't know how to describe it, this e- evil side of the spirit world, uh, it has been defeated, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, as you said, I mean, it doesn't take a, a devil or a spirit to, or a man to do something that a man would do. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and especially when you uh, equate into that, the fact that God himself went through these mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Uh, now, I know that that had to be a part of the plan. I mean, it was not a part of uh, 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 God, as, you out of control, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, this somehow was a necessary part of 
the experience of the process of becoming completely united as one entity, that God and man are now one entity, that, uh, that the God entity had to know what it was like to be a human, mm-hmm. have these types of passions. And as we've stated, uh, in even uh, forget whose writings it's in, maybe, Daniel, you can help me out, uh, but, uh, maybe Hebrews uh, uh, talks about that we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, he, but was tempted in all ways like as we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the, the important thing, according to that statement, uh, is that it was vitally important uh, that uh, uh, whoever is a part of redeeming us needed to know what it was like to be us. Mm. So uh, was it a necessary part of uh, the uh, ongoing process to reach to that point of the completion of creation? I accept the term new creation, uh, of, of course, because that's what Paul called it. But if you take it in its broadest context, it's almost as though you could also use the term the completion of creation mm. uh, because that's what Jesus called it. Uh, he said uh, hanging when he was on the cross, he said, uh, uh, he said, I've come to finish uh, uh, my father's work. And then when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. Mm. What was finished? His father's work was finished. What? work did the father do that wasn't finished yeah and uh there's only one answer to that and that is creation and that man was created in the image of god but the finality of that all was that man was never uh created to remain in god's image man was created to be inhabited by god mm. So we are convinced that through the cross that that now is the condition and state. That is, let me put it this way. This is the unknown, unrealized (laughs) condition and state of the human race. We who study it and research it constantly are still trying to uh, comprehend Mm. the gravity of this incredible insight. So people say, well, you know, well, you're just saying it's okay to go out and sin. Well, we're not because we're saying there's no such thing as sin. Yeah, so right. we, we can't be telling you it's okay to go sin. And uh, ever since uh, I have embraced this uh, mindset, I've been amazed at what I don't want to do. <laughs> I mean, it's like, man, I just waiting for that, that, that you know, you, you think you're waiting for that day to where that you could do whatever you wanted to do and not be in fear of going to hell or uh, losing God's favor or all of that stuff. Well, I'm there. I've been there for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am downright boring, but I'm happy. Uh uh, and uh, maybe there'll be some folks out there <laughs> that understand that. Now I can have fun with with anyone and enjoy uh, being with other people. I don't want to sound antisocial, 
I just don't have to be social to be happy. Mm. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that does uh, play into a bit of this is that uh, I think most of these people that commit these things, it's themselves that they have a problem with. Mm. Not the people that they carry out their vengeance against, and then there's just plain old mental illness, which I don't ha- I don't claim to understand all mental illness. There are there are just malfunctions of the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times when the physical brain does not function right on many different levels. You know, people say, "Well, you know, there's you're." you're uh, you're either a male or a female. Well, in a perfect world, that would be true. But the fact of it is, is that there's uh, babies born that are are both. Uh, I mean, you know, that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. And doctors determine at uh, were determining at birth uh, which one they were going to be, and through a surgical procedure, tried to stop that. But did they change the internal? So uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and I my my desire is to see that the unanswered questions and the unresolved issues become tolerable until we can find some answers. Yeah, let's not hate what we don't understand. I, I think if we just um, just made that much progress. Uh, Linda, I think that we would have uh, advanced the world drastically uh, toward a whole different level if we just were able to not hate what we don't understand. Mm. And of course, those of you who may have not have tuned in last week, you know, you might be thinking, um, Satan and his angels done away with? What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> well, we've been on a study, as we've kind of teased at a little bit here today, um, going through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, looking at the ministry of angels. And before we did that, we had also looked at a few references in the New Testament where we've seen that the devil and his angels were destroyed, and their work has come to an end. But we wanted to see uh, where did this all take place and how did it all take place? And of course, as Michael said, uh, we've been looking at these subjects, the subjects of angels and uh, devils were mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and uh, heaven, heavenly and eternal life. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been looking at this to lay a foundation for our uh, spring Calgary Grace Conference or winter Calgary Grace Conference. Uh, by the way, if you want to mark your calendar, that's coming up uh, March 24, 25, 26, and uh, it will be a virtual conference once again. Uh, so just stay tuned on all of the social media networks and email and listen to the podcast. We'll update you as uh, how you can tune into all of that uh, as far as in a schedule. But we're endeavoring to go into the Revelation uh mm-hmm. formerly known as the book of revelations <laughs> <laughs> wrongfully known as um but yeah um this study of the angels uh is where we ended up last week michael we made it through matthew mark luke and john um and i have to say uh i'm kind of buzzing because there was about 10 minutes from that last podcast michael that you uh just went in talking about these angels standing by Mm-hmm. as uh, perhaps the devil and his angels had their part to play and had their way with Jesus. 
And uh, through his death and his beating and ripping out his beard and, oh, my God. Uh, And to think that the angels who were charged with the protection of Christ had to stand by and just wait. Yeah, the the power of restraint, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, was possibly the greatest power the angels demonstrated uh, from creation until now. Yeah. Uh, Because uh, the thing that we've been able to determine about angels is that they were never here for humans. Uh, I think we're probably going to see some of that as we go through some more of these verses today. Uh, angels aren't here to help humans. They're not standing on bridges uh, when little girls are lean over and try to pluck a flower out of the lake. And, <laughs> and they're standing there holding her, making sure she doesn't fall over. Um, I know that's a very classic uh, painting that somebody did. and um, uh, But uh, uh, angels were not created for that. We know why they were created. I mean, that's. Do you, do you realize that that's that's a huge thing? Yeah. <laughs> to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody else has told you. We knew exactly why angels were created, but they were created when the uh, plan of the uh, uh, union of God and man was going to take place, and it was going to take place through the Christ. Now, the Christ has been around before the foundation of the world. Mm. He was the Word of God. John says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father. So uh, we see Jesus Christ, but the Christ has been around before let there be light. Mm. I I like saying it that way because that gets the point across. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, that's the first thing that we see that was done. And as far as we can tell, before let there be light, there were angels. Mm-hmm. That and, and before let there be light, there was a plan. And as Don Bartlett finally got through to me after about five years, uh, and uh, even ha- flew him down to Houston for us to talk about this, because he constantly was telling me, that uh, there was no plan B. Well, you know, uh, I began to realize I did teach a plan B because we started out the whole story from the fall of man, which is never mentioned in the Bible at all, uh, from the fall of man in the garden to the cross. And uh, uh, Don would always say, well, they're just, I don't see God having a plan B. And I, you know, I'd be silent about it. I would listen, be a little irritated too. And uh, so finally, I thought, you know, I think that we really need to talk about this. Now, the reason I invited him down is because I was so sure I was right that you know, <laughs> we need to get together. Yeah. So uh, he did come down, and we spent some time. That's when I learned to cook ribs and. Uh, uh, we were in conversation about this for a great deal of the time. And uh, we, it's, the strange thing is that we kind of went away from that, me and him both being fairly convinced that I was right. Mm. And uh, because I asked him questions he could not answer. Now, here was the weird thing that happened. 
the questions that I had for him, I couldn't answer. And man, I tell you that that's, and that's, you, you want to turn me on? <laughs> Give me a question I don't have the answer to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what we thrive on. I mean, why in the world do you only want questions about things you already know? Mm-hmm. I don't understand that whole world at all. Uh, but when it comes to spiritual things, people avoid questions about things they don't know. Well, then you're going to have to avoid questions about everything mm-hmm. because there's nothing you truly know. Even with where we are in the gospel revolution, I know there's things that need to be understood on a extended level. Uh, some things we'll probably need to change our minds about as we go forward. But this is where we are now, and this is what we're persuaded of. And this is where those fractals all just come up glowing, giving us confirmation like YDNA. Uh, I want to say YMCA. Then I want to dance. So, yeah. um, but um, uh, so we see this and uh, I don't think we're on the wrong path, but we're not closed. Our minds are not closed to the possibility of of being uh, incorrect about some of these things, uh, you know how I use the term incorrect because we, I, I hear Don t- struggling to say the word r- wrong, r- and he just r- can't do r- it. R- r- <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, out of that conversation, I came away from his weekend. I don't know if he was just smiling, realizing that whatever, but he left there with us, you know totally ready to continue working together. It was never going to break our uh, progress of working together, but I felt it was something if Don, if Don was persuaded of this, I needed to hear it out. I did want to know. Mm -hmm. And then it just, it was so stupid because in a verse that I had known all of my life, suddenly it hit me. And that is the statement that is made. Gosh, I think it's by Paul that, uh, yes, by Paul, uh, who said that uh, God uh, created uh, Adam uh, subject to uh, vanity, mm. uh, subject to corruption, uh, and that, that he was created to be corrupted. Wow. Uh, that uh, for the purpose of subjecting the same in hope. And suddenly that one verse cracked the entire thing open. Mm -hmm. I knew that verse. It was just that I had the constructs of my mind were so tight about it that even that verse itself did not even uh, uh, figure into it. And suddenly I realized this one verse alone destroys my position on this. Yeah. Now, what our mystic friends won't accept is that that verse alone destroys their position mm-hmm. uh, in the original design, the being perfect or being complete. It was good. We know that it was good. That's what Genesis says. Uh, but it wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And that is what is so profound. Jesus didn't come here as a good teacher. In fact, he said, why do you call me good? Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how Jesus resisted the term good? Well, he didn't like the term good. He said, why do you call me good? You know, and uh, then uh, the the whole issue of the 
understanding that Jesus said, uh, no, good's not the issue. You're going to have to be perfect. Now, do you want to know how perfect? You're going to have to be as perfect as your father is, such as in heaven. That's the only thing that's going to resolve this. So the the power of uh, uh, even, even Jesus was uh, chafed at the term good. And uh, then uh, as, uh, uh, as he went on, he made it very clear that the issue here is perfection. Yeah. Well, perfection is what the cross brought. That's what Hebrews is all about. That's what Paul's teaching is all about, is being brought into this incredible arena of perfection. You just blew my mind. <laughs> I did? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just thinking about that, because um, I, I just got an email the other day about the creation that God said that it was very good. But Jesus, even when he was called the good teacher, he resisted that. Yeah. He says, why do you call me good? There's only one good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. And the only way that that's going to, the, uh, that the uh, ultimate good, which is perfection, that is uh, what Jesus knew had to take place was this culmination of the perfection of all creation. Mm. And that meant drastic changes on God's part and man's part. And that's something you're never going to hear anyplace else either. Yeah. That part of uh, the uh, salvation of the world uh, brought about change for God and man. Mm. Drastic change. Drastic change because one was super uh, superimposed on the other. Now, you see, you can take just the word imposed, and if something is imposed on something else, it's almost a, a uh, resistance to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's impose, there's oppose, but to superimpose means to take the two things and they are so pressed together, they become one thing. Yeah. That's superimposed. See, like I can take my cell phone. And I can impose it on to on top of my Bible, mm-hmm. but I can't superimpose it. I can't make my Bible and my cell phone look like one thing. Mm-hmm. When I look at it, I still, even though my cell phone's laying on my Bible, it has been imposed on my Bible. Still, my Bible's my Bible, and my cell phone's my cell phone. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when Christ, when God was superimposed onto humanity, you can't tell the difference now. Mm-hmm. There is, that's how melded together. And we go back to our terms and again, and I'm sorry if you guys, I'm telling you, we're like kids with new toys still <laughs> with some of these terms, uh, uh, just like the alloy process. Why? Because these are world changing insights. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you talked about that. Go on already. And, you know, no, we can't just talk about that and go on already. We need to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it some more. It's just like with the American Revolution. They didn't just talk about it and then move on. They talked about it and 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 they talked about it for a hundred years. Mm. And uh, until you talk about it enough to where that it saturates, a group of people's thinking, and we're trying to saturate 
the entire planet with this form of thinking. Yeah. So we've got to talk about it and talk about <laughs> it and talk about it. So uh, now if, um, if, if you in, uh, individually are tired of hearing the repetition of it, just keep sending us money. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> because you, even those of you who don't like the repetition, you know that this gospel is needed on this planet. So with this superimposition, you know, as we were going through this, Michael, we saw all things in heaven and all things in earth became one. And yeah. the angels were definitely came into question with us. Uh, if, exactly. if the angels were in heaven and um, God was in heaven and we're on the earth, then what exactly happened? Yeah. And uh, if you were to, speaking to our listeners, if you were to just do a search in the New Testament for the word angels, um, what you're going to find, and I just want to bring this to your attention, we went through, if you want to follow the last three, four podcasts, uh, we went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, I'm, I'm going to skip over Acts for a minute. We'll circle back to that in a second. But after the book of Acts, you go Romans and Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians. All of a sudden, there is an absence of angelic work. Mm -hmm. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, listen to the last podcast. I mean, the angels were, they were uh. busy. They were using Jacob's ladder. That's what it was happening. <laughs> they were coming and going and coming and going and coming and going. And all of a sudden, now you get into like Galatians. Angels are mentioned, but they're mentioned in the past tense. Um, you see it even in Thessalonians. Um, Hebrews is pretty heavy uh, when it mm -hmm. comes to angel angelic ministry, but it's all concerning the ministry of Christ. Um and then you'd see an ultimate change, and this is why we're doing what we're doing, is because then you get to the, the revelation, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, angels are everywhere. Everywhere again, yeah. <laughs> so what the heck happened between uh, Romans and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the revelation? Because we see the activity of angels is something that's totally mm -hmm. different, uh, which struck Michael and my curiosity. Uh, mm -hmm. what happened to these angels. Uh, yeah. And that's where we came to the understanding that in Ephesians, all things in heaven and all things in earth became one. The family that was in heaven uh, has yeah. the same name as the family in the earth. So uh, what's going and on And there here? were no humans in heaven. Exactly. So who is the family? Yeah. You know? Mm. We are family. <laughs> now, I said I would circle back to the book of Acts uh, for the honorable mention that it needs. Um, you know, Michael, when I look at the book of Acts, I think about um, some church testimony nights. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. church testimony nights? Uh, they sometimes got a little weird. <laughs> yeah, they did. But remember about the book of Acts that this was written by Luke. Now, Luke, what he did when he wrote the book of Acts is he went around and started interviewing people. Well, yep. what did you see happen? Well, what happened? And then he recorded what he heard. Uh, yep. So all of these events are second, third, fourth, fifth hand information. Mm -hmm. um, and just like stories that get embellished today, and Michael and I um, last week told a few of them stories about Word of Faith. 
and how some of these stories get embellished. And when you leave out a little bit of fact, uh, mm-hmm. the story changes. <laughs> and yeah. I think, Michael, that that's kind of some of the stuff that was happening in the book of Acts. Um, because you do see some angels, you know, uh, I think Paul was sleeping in a prison and an angel kicked him and woke him up. Uh, yeah. You see some angels bringing messages to different people and you see some angelic involvement. But I will say it still is very small in comparison to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, uh, you know, we can take what was written in the book of Acts for, for what it is, um, second and third hand information. Uh, I think, Michael, if we were to pull even some of our listeners, uh, there are probably some of them uh, who swear that they have some mm-hmm. sort of angelic meeting, you know? Uh, in well, their I life. certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's out there. Um, but I think if we look at the real concrete, hard evidence, um, we see that the angelic ministry was constrained to um, Christ's ministry. And yes. uh, in the Old Testament, that also included the seed. Um, anything that was mm-hmm. the seed that led up to Christ, the angels were involved with it. Yeah, big time. The DNA had to be protected. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, I don't know. I remember this verse in Word of Faith. You know, I talk about time I had at Rhema. Uh, but before I went to Rhema, my dad had in his church a course. I think they called it Correspondence Bible School. Um, it was with Lester Sumrall. So they sent us all of his videos oh. and, and books. And so I did two years of Lester Sumrall's ministry. And uh, one of the classes I remember having with Lester Summerall was on angels. And I'll never forget the story that he tells about um, angels. <laughs> he tells the story that uh, he had his house and he went on a trip. And before he went on the trip, Michael, you might remember doing this before you go on a trip, and you gave your angels charge. <laughs> yeah. I give my angels charge over my house and my belongings. You protect them and keep them, and you protect me and my family, keep us safe. Um, every road trip that we did as a kid, um, hardly before we pulled out the driveway, uh, Dad but was- we still locked the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad was giving the angels charge over us and, and our belongings. <clears throat> well, Lester Sarmel went on his trip, and he came back, and he came back, and his house was robbed. <laughs> and he tells the story his house was robbed and 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 he uh said i got mad at my angels so he said i stood up in my living room and i commanded my angels to stand in front of me and he says as the angels <laughs> as i summoned the angels to stand in front of me i rebuked them and i told them i gave you charge over my house and my belongings now i commission you to go out and get all of my belongings back and uh, he tells a story, he said, and in 48 hours, all of my belongings were back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to know what happened between that uh, yeah. rebuke and the time that the, all of his belongings came back. Yeah, they just come flying through the door, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, oh gosh, don't get me started on my Lester Summerall days. Jeez. <laughs> but you know, he had a verse, Michael, uh, yeah. and he had a verse that we stood on, and uh I stood on it too. And it was in uh, Hebrews chapter one and verse 14, speaking about angels. And he said, 
Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Yeah. Well, you see, those angels are there to minister for you. (laughs) Well, evidently, Lester Summerall had not yet inherited salvation. So. Uh, because that's quite clear mm. that, uh, uh, and, and, uh, that it doesn't say that they minister to them. They're, they're ministers to that, which is going to bring them mm. salvation. Wow. And, um, their ministry was to Christ. And, uh, that was what they were created. They weren't created to come and help human beings out. Uh, they were they were created to help implement the predestination of all of the human race. They were there when predestination was taking place. They showed up, told Mary, you know, you're going to get pregnant, girl. And uh, but it's all by the hand of God. And, and they had to go and uh, talk to uh uh, Joseph, but see, none of this was ministry to Mary or to Joseph for Mary or Joseph's sake. It was for the sake of the ministry of Christ, mm. and uh, that's what their focus was, and uh, that's why they got involved in the lives of Mary and Joseph because this was this was part of that. So, uh, and we know that salvation has already come. So. Uh, uh, I think the book of Hebrews is uh, leading us to understand that once salvation comes, the ministry of angels is pretty well done. Wow. Uh, this is a, uh, a Greek interlinear, and it reads this way. Are they not all serving spirits being sent out for service on behalf of those going to receive salvation? And... Uh, I think it's interesting how that works is that their ministry was for us, but it wasn't on behalf of on us, behalf but not of to us. us. Yep, but not to us. Uh, yeah. They're not out collecting our goods from that were stolen. <laughs> they were, they you know, were. They're not out flying. You know, what did they always used to tell me? Don't drive faster than your guardian angel can fly. <laughs> yeah, because he won't break speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not what they were there for. They were there to minister in and usher in, if you will, to usher yeah. into uh, this new world, um, yeah. the, the righteousness. And yeah. uh, we read some of the parables where they were part of distributing, okay, the wicked go over here and the good go over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were all part of this plan. Yeah. They definitely helped. They, the, they were the facilitators on earth from that which was had already taken place in heaven before the foundation of the world. And uh, so a powerful ministry indeed, but their ministry has been completed. Yeah. Uh, So I don't, you know, uh, uh, spoiler alert, salvation has already come. Mm. Uh, Spoiler alert. The book of revel, the, the revelation is already fulfilled. Mm. Uh, And, the the power of that and to know and understand that causes us as the human race with this understanding to stand back and examine ourselves, not to examine another entity to see which one is the 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 worst, the second worst, the next 
uh, uh, baddest, and uh, uh, but to really to examine ourselves and to to look at ourselves. Uh, if you're going to doubt somebody, maybe doubt yourself first. Mm. Uh, I, I was telling Daniel earlier a story that I won't drag you through, but uh, it had to do with my memory and uh, uh, turned out to be a fault of the grocery store. And uh, But when I found things missing, I actually started thinking, now who would have wanted to steal my Fit Crunch bars? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was ready to assign blame immediately. It couldn't possibly have been something that happened that uh to uh, that i did wrong but uh maybe you know stop and consider maybe it was an oversight on our part mm. i've gotten to where that if there is a fault my desire whether i have come to where i actually do that all the time or not i don't know but i know my desire and my first foot forward is to look at myself yeah and man, I'm telling you, that is just such a more comfortable place to live than to automatically think that I know what the other person did and they did it for this reason and for that reason. Bless God, they this, they that. Uh, well, I, I might have had something to do with that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, Michael, you know, again, um, to just to kind of, you know, we're, we're getting close to the to the conference. Um, and the revelation is, I mean, and anyone who's read any page on, out of the text, out of the revelation, you see angels. You see angels yeah, working and yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah. And what we are leaning to understand is that's going to help us to understand the time frame yes. of these events that are happening. And um we we haven't quite decided how we're going to lay it out yet, but oh. I think to understand the time frame, because uh, there are some time frames that are mentioned. Uh, there are. We've talked about the day. Uh, we've talked about the hour. Um, mm -hmm. There's the thousand years. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we have this time frame of where angels are moving and acting and all of that. Yeah. And all of that's in there. And if there is a story to be told, uh, we need to understand these time frames. We do need to understand those before we delve into the revelation. Mm. And uh, I mean, just what we've learned today on this show, uh, I, 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 I hope that those of you who are listening realize the gravity upon your ability to think through your own life to come to grips with the reality that angels aren't there to help you. Mm. Uh, they're not there to protect your kids. Mm. The uh, angels were there to bring about the work of salvation. Yeah. Uh, before they knew their assignment, before God said, let there be light. And I'm, you know, I just see them standing there. It's the reason I get so tickled about the one about where they <laughs> come and announce the birth of Christ. And one of them shows up first, probably Gabriel, the smart ass, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who had ever thought I'd called Gabriel a smart ass, right? Uh, but Gabriel shows up and then it says, then the heavenly host showed up mm. after him, you know, and it's almost like, you know, I see him getting there saying, darn it. He got here before we did again. You know, <laughs> he's always got to be the first. He's always got to be first. Uh, but, 
that's just a little movie I play out in my mind. Um, but the, uh, uh, the reality of that is so powerful. Uh, the, the times in your life that, just like Lester Summerall, you thought that the angels should have taken care of you. You thought that God should have intervened. You thought these things. And many of you are bitter to this day because of things that you were told the angels will do this. You know that 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 is what creates more atheists on the face of the earth is the doctrines of mysticism and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Because they have told you that these things are happening today. And then they don't. And uh, and uh, mama suffered and died just like everybody else suffers and dies. And uh, not a not a moment to to try to to spare a degree of it. And then even if it does, if it winds up that they didn't suffer as much, then we say, oh, the Lord took them before they suffered that much. It's like, well, then the Lord didn't take them when they were begging to die. They mm-hmm. were in such pain. I, yeah. You know, um, and, uh, you know, uh, not to uh, drag Daniel into to this and his own personal life, but. I know that Daniel's comfortable talking about this. Most of you know, Daniel's mother was killed in a car accident mm-hmm. uh, in a blinding snowstorm. Yeah. And um, I think it was, was it your sister that was on the phone with the other passenger in the car or somebody was on? The yeah. Phone? Yeah. And uh, the next thing they know, you know, there was a sound and, you know, the line was gone. And uh, in this blinding storm, there was a head-on collision in which uh, Daniel's mother was uh, killed. Uh, This coming from a family that, Daniel, that just had to be mind-boggling for you, Mm. especially the, you know, where were the angels? You know, Lester's angels can run and get his furniture back, but can the angels go get your mama back? Right. You know, uh, those stories all sound good, and Lester got a lot of money and a lot of mileage out of them, but I'm sorry. Mm. What happens when the the angels didn't protect the child? Mm-hmm. Do you do you get mad at the angels and tell them, bring the child back? Yeah. Bring mama back? What, what do you, the, folks, it's time that we wake up and realize that all of this external superficial spirituality is taking away from the reality of your spirituality. Mm. Uh, it's taking away from who you are. It is not helping you understand who you are. It's causing you to be diverted and distracted from the reality of this incredible union of God and man that is taking place. Mm. My God. That's what I'm talking about, Michael. Just another fractal. As we look at here as a fractal, what do we end up with is understanding we're we're righteous. <laughs> yeah, same thing, yeah. different view. Yeah. Same thing, different. Uh, we can stand over there, over here, over there, up there, down there, up, look up, look down, look over, look around. Doesn't make any difference which way we look at it. It all leads to the culmination of righteousness and the union. Uh, now we're beginning to understand not only of God and man, but the entire uh, uh, host of heaven, mm. uh, including God and man, possibly have become one entity. 
Stay tuned, folks. Remember, mark your calendars, March 24, 25, 26. We're coming to you with more of the revelation. But we got a few weeks yet, so hang (laughs) on. (laughs) And so it is. We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the gospel revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And speak to us about how you want to participate. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the connect link. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now, it's good night from Daniel Rouse in the still very frozen tundra. (laughs) And it's good night from Michael Williams in springtime in the Queen City. That just sounds good all the way around, doesn't it? (laughs) It sure does. We sure hope that you enjoyed today's PowerCast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only better. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a wet that off the wild dust, been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect day you need, Constructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to Gospel Revolution.